Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello, everybody. It's your old boy, Justin Robert Young, joining you yet again here for the Jury Podcast. All right, update on the whiteboard. I've been sticking to it. I feel like I've been getting a good amount of stuff done, but I'm behind. I'm like two hours behind today, mostly because I totally miscalculated how long it takes to do a PX3 episode now. (laughs) These PX3 episodes are like five hours now of me just like sitting down and grinding on this thing, making sure that it's good, re-listening to it, trying to to, to improve my craft. So I've, I've blown by it. Actually, no, I'm about two hours. No, I'm an hour and a half. I'm an hour and a half late. But now I know I'm exactly an hour and a half late. That's pretty good. So somebody was on Night Attack last night or in the chat room for Night Attack. And I, I was talking about my whiteboard. And somebody made the point that, uh, hey, jury, you know, you got a whole supercomputer in your pocket. And there's you know entire companies dedicated to organizing your life by way of using this supercomputer in your pocket. To which I kind of say, well, why not both? Like. The supercomputer in my pocket, which is connected to the internet, is always going to be there for me to organize my schedule. But for whatever reason, I I just kind of feel, even at this early stage, I feel a little bit more comfortable physically writing it down every day. Like there's some kind of, of, of element to my monkey brain that just believes that that's important. I'm looking at it right now. Like, I'm trying to please my schedule. I don't know if that's healthy. I'm literally, I'm looking at my schedule right now, and I'm looking at my to-dos, and I'm just like, please be happy with me, Papa. <laughs> please, please. I, 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 I do not want to displease you, schedule. All right, let's get into the news. All right, you guys will know this is a painful one for me. I don't like to read it. I don't because I am a a stern advocate for the greatest state in the union, Florida. Number one, raised there, love it. Going back there tomorrow night on a red eye, coming back into uh, Fort Lauderdale. But it's in Fort Lauderdale. What I would consider to be the major metropolitan area. I grew up right outside of Fort Lauderdale. I am a Fort Lauderdale boy. Comes a very disturbing story. Something that affects me in my daily life. 
Headline from Electric. Florida man arrested after cutting hundreds of electrical scooter brake lines. What are you doing, my guy? The man, identified by the Fort Lauderdale Police Department as 59-year-old Randall Thomas Williams, and he's got three names like me. He's arrested on September 29th. According to the FLPD, the man is accused of severing the brake lines of over 140 electric scooters in close vicinity to one another in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, goddamn, that is some work, though. Say what you will about the delinquents of the Sunshine State, but they are industrious. <laughs> they are definitely there to, to get some stuff done. 140, that's a lot. I mean, I don't know if I see 140 scooters walking around the Bay Area, and and there's a lot of them around Oakland. But they got them on, they got them on camera. I, I I wonder if this was what camera this was, but they literally got them right front and center. Homeboy walks right up to a couple Lime scooters and cuts the brakes on them, which I I, I have to say, obviously, intensely dangerous. Totally unnecessary. You know, this is obviously somebody that probably, you know, either is some kind of, you know, wants to make a little economic mischief, fancies himself a little bit of a project mayhem person. You know, a bit of a bit of a bit of a Tyler Durden man himself. Or he's, you know, just an asshole. Here's what I do know about this man, he is certainly wearing sandals. <laughs> My wife was joking with me about how like uh, Florida, like the Florida uniform would be socks with sandals. And I have to say, nay, 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 friends. Uh-uh, no, just sandals. If you think, look, we are gaudy and gauche in many different ways, but please do not saddle the Floridian with socks and sandals. No, no, no. We like the breeze upon our toes. Headline from ScienceAlert.com, a man's gut bacteria was making him drunk. An extremely rare medical case. To the confusion of medical researchers, being a teetotal is no guarantee that you'll uh, avoid the kind of liver disease that tends to affect heavy drinkers. In one strange medical case, you uh, we could get closer to understanding why that happens. The patient, a 27-year-old man in China, was suffering from a form of liver inflammation called non-alcoholic steatophytis. Steatophytis. Moving on. It had a strange uh, history of becoming drunk without drinking. To get a high blood alcohol reading of somewhere around 400 milligrams per dectyltridin, most of us would need to uh, down at least a dozen shots of hard liquor. Not this guy. The subject of the case that he only needed a good supply of fruit juice and a few plates of carbs. I mean, imagine you're sitting there with a couple uh, with a pitcher of OJ and a plate of fries. Next thing you know, you're under the table like you had 12 shots of hard liquor. As much as it, as it sounds like an inventive excuse, we continue with the story. To give to traffic police, it is actually possible for gut microflora to take carbohydrates in our food and ferment them into an intoxicating level of ethanol. It's a rare condition known as auto brewery system 
And this patient, uh, patient's case could help to explain the liver damage that happens as the intestinal bacteria turn last night's pasta into their very own home brew. So I wonder what the actual process uh, was for him. Like, can he just sit there and be like, oh, no, I'm a cheap date. Down a few uh, a, a few potato skins. Oh, would you like a beer? No, no, no. Just some cranberry juice for me, please. And meanwhile, he's getting souse. Like, is it an immediate thing, or did he do it the night before, and then he woke up drunk? Oh, my God. I can't imagine what that would be like. That'd be crazy. I wouldn't like that at all. Some people might think, oh, cheap drinks. No, you, you mean you wouldn't be able to control it sometimes. And if you're like this guy, you'd be speaking Chinese. You know, I, mean, I don't know how many people would know what I was saying. News. We got some financial news you can use. It looks as if. The price of getting your money out of an ATM is going up, specifically if you're getting it out of market. That means that, you know, you're going to an ATM that isn't your bank's ATM. So I got some top fives and some bottom fives of the highest average ATM fees. Here are the top five in order from five to one. Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, and Houston. Houston holds the title with $5.59 per transaction there. Lowest are... In descending order, Boston, Minneapolis, St. Louis, Seattle, and L.A. L.A. is at $4.15. This is the reason why I went with um, Ally. Because Ally doesn't have a physical lo- any physical location, so they just refund the fees from taking it out of market. Which I almost wonder whether or not that's still a deal for them. If all these prices are going up, then maybe they'll stop doing it. I hope they don't, though. All right, let's go ahead and get into some emails! Emails. If it's Wednesday, it's Real Talk Wednesday, where we take some heavier emails here, and we got a double header for you. First off. Anonymous writes, I wrote in a few weeks ago stressing out about a job interview. It was a job I wanted badly, and I thought I had a great job at getting it. Ron Howard as narrator. He didn't. Well, I didn't get it. I saw the rejection email during a real cluster F of a day at work, and I felt like vomiting. My wife knew, just from the way I said hello on the phone, what had happened. A week later, it still really sucks, but I'll be okay. I'm applying for more jobs, and now my goal is to work at the same company as an old friend. We drifted apart, but his wife recently died after a brief illness, and we've reconnected. It was the first funeral I've attended of somebody younger than me, and that kind of stuff puts a lot of things into perspective. 34-year-olds shouldn't die. Fuck cancer. I'm glad that you have perspective. You know, uh, it's hard to say something as you're going into a project like that or going into an interview like that, but... The one thing that I will say that has brought me zen in life is understanding that there is no decision that can randomly come to me that will truly make me happy. There are decisions that I can pursue, that I am in control of, that can truly make me happy. But nothing that is random can truly make me happy. It might temporarily make me happy, 
It might be a little sugar high, but I know not to truly trust it. The only happiness that you can really trust is the happiness that you make within yourself. And I'm happy that we got that email when we get this one. Anonymous writes, Hi, Jerry. I've been having a bitch of a time and I could use some advice. My boyfriend of four years broke up with me about a month and a half ago. We are young and we are our we are each other's first everything. He said he wants some time to himself to be single. I understand his reasoning and his desire to be free and young, but I felt like the rug was absolutely yanked out from under me. I thought we were very happy and now he's happy and I'm still devastated. We go to the same college as do many people from our high school and I feel like I can't go anywhere. It's like everyone who sees me knows that I'm the girl who got dumped. I have a history of anxiety, which is unmedicated, and I've been having panic attacks about the prospect of seeing his friends or people who are aware of his situation. One of my friends invited me to have lunch with her and I had to turn her down because going into the student union would have been too much. I feel like I couldn't explain that to her. TLDR, it's been nearly two months since I got dumped and I feel like an unwanted pile of shit. If you or other adultier adults in the jury audience have any sage words of wisdom, it would be truly appreciated. Anonymous. Oh, Anonymous. I feel for you. Baby, I've been there. Uh, Look, there is no way that I or anybody else in your life are going to be able to understand or comprehend what you're going through right now. There are few feelings like the feelings that you are going through. In fact, you can take solace in this. Every other time that you deal with a situation like this, it will likely be in comparison to what you're going through right now. Put simply, you are drawing the edges of emotional pain. Now, there might be different emotional pain, but as far as the, I thought we were happy, I guess we weren't, now we're going our separate ways, or just the the general breakup stuff, you are, because you're in new territory, and you guys were each other's first everything, and that means for you, first breakup like this, you're just going to have to deal with it. Now, here are some steps for you. I'm never going to tell you to feel better. I'm never going to tell you to think about the good times. I'm never going to tell you uh, uh, anything about your emotional state. That is going to be you, right? You got to figure that out yourself and it takes time. Here's all I can say. No matter what, consider this a level of a video game. You're going to keep playing this version of this video game, or this level, over and over and over. And right now, you have a chance to look at it as something to conquer. Because there will be more disappointments, uh, disappointments in life. There will. Hell, listen to our man before. Like, he's, he wanted a job really bad and didn't get it. You guys are going through, chemically, you're going through a lot of the same stuff. But here's the first little mini-boss. You need to live your life. Now, you might be saying, God, I don't even know what my life is. 
I used to have a life with this person. I used to ask him what we wanted to eat at night. I used to talk to him about the movies and television shows that I liked. Hell, I, I still have in my mind the, the time that we looked at some movie poster and said, oh, I kind of wanted to go to that. Uh, and then we said, cool, we'll get tickets. And then we never did. I can't even think about the things that I like without thinking about him. You got to try. This is a great time to binge a television show you never watched before. This is a great time to get the hell out of that college town whenever you can. Literally for whatever reason. Look up every weekend. Just look up something that happens an hour and a half away. Doesn't even mean if you, if you, if you like it, if you're interested, get the hell out. Because right now what you're doing is you were in a car wreck and you're living inside the car. You're like, man, I'm so sad that I wrecked my car that now I'm just going to refuse medical attention and live in here. You got to get out. You got to get out and you got to do something. Now, well, here's what's going to happen. Here's the benefit of just literally leaving an hour and a half. Man, it's full. Go pick some apples, you know, <laughs> go, go find a pumpkin. Something. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get perspective. This is the greatest thing you could ever receive. Perspective. You're going to understand a little bit more about what you're going through. Because here's the other thing that you write. I thought we were happy. But he wanted space and he wanted to be single. Here's what perspective is going to give you. And it's not going to be something that you can think about actively. I think it comes to you passively. As you understand yourself more. You're young. You're going to understand what that relationship was. You're going to understand maybe faults that you didn't see before. And how could you be blamed for it? Now, some of these are going to be hard truths. Some of these are going to be easier than you thought. But the only thing you can do is take one step forward. So stop thinking about all the things you can't do. You know, uh, Dan Harmon of Rick and Morty fame, community fame, has uh, this writing advice. This is his like super hack to writing and to curing writer's block. If you don't know what to write because everything that you are thinking of is bad, then intentionally write the worst shit you can possibly think of. Just define that other end. If you can't find the good thing, start writing all the bad stuff. So here's what I want for you to do, Anonymous. I want you to do the dumbest weekend ever, right? Just totally irrational stuff that you don't even like, that you have no interest in. You are going to do the dumbest thing ever. You're literally going to, to, to do whatever you can to get out of that town. You're going to go do something that you've never done before because you would never want to. And you're going to get just an idea of like, oh, okay, this is what a shaken up life looks like. Now, you may never want to do it again. Or maybe you go do some other random stuff that you would have no interest in. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to go do that. Because what you need right now is a paradigm shift. You need to shake things up. Because otherwise, you're just going to be sitting there in that car wreck, wishing that the car didn't wreck.
I would like to remind everybody that you can email us at jurydaily at gmail.com. I want to thank our producers, the Jen Nonspecific, Rock and Roll Martian, Stephen, well, James the OG Brito, well, and uh, Chris. I also want to thank everybody who's been in our Jury Stories Discord, giving us the Jury Stories. That includes MacBook Pro, who gave us our ATM story, Amish Overlord, who gave us our Chinese Man Gets Drunk Without Drinking story, and another Jay Martin, who gave us our Florida Man Who Cuts Breaks story. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat is, of course, at Justin R. Young. And you can join our jury Discord, so you can give me jury stories at bit.ly slash jury discord. So tomorrow, though, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky, but more importantly, please don't die! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>